Welcome to the GB Sports Performance Podcast with me, Grace Brown. This podcast is all things sports, performance and fitness, and I'll be interviewing industry experts to help shed some light on these topics. For more information, you can find me at Grace Brown Fitness on socials. Hello and welcome to the GB Sports Performance Podcast with me, Grace Brown. Today we are going to discuss all things training the young athlete and I have a specialist in the area. His name is David Guy, otherwise known as the Fit Guy on Instagram. Um, And he is an ex-pro hockey player and works with mainly elite young athletes in the area. Um, trying and then helping other athletes trying to make it into the sporting world as well. Uh, welcome, David. How are you today? I'm good, thanks, Grace. Thanks for having me on, first of all. Um, and it's a pleasure to be on. I'm on my first podcast as well. So excellent. Apologies for good. any messing, messing up of the video and hopefully don't oh, edit too no. much. It's all good. It's all good. I, um, I think this is number 17 of mine so I'm still quite new to this whole podcasting so it's all good um so before we get stuck into talking all things the young athlete Mm -hmm. um tell me a little bit about yourself and describe um your journey to where you are today basically Mm -hmm. so from obviously a young age I played played sport any any kind of sport I could play but got to a kind of point when I was kind of that normal age 10 11, 12 years old when you play three or four sports, but you have to kind of decide which sport you want to focus on because you've got pressures from all the coaches saying you need to give up this sport to focus on this sport. And I think that is a big thing that we could potentially discuss and the pressures from coaches is is awful sometimes. And my main two sports were football and hockey. And when I was kind of 12 years old, I'd already started to get into the international setup of the hockey under 16 boys, whereas on the football things, I was only kind of, you know, kind of district level, just above club. So I was, I was an average football player. I, was, I could have been better, but I was always better at hockey technically. I was technically a very good hockey player. So from that kind of, that really obvious, like I'm much better at hockey than I am at football and I feel like I can go further in hockey. Mm-hmm. That was when I started to kind of push hockey more and take a little step back from football. Still played a little bit of football casually at school and with the, with the boys and five side kind of stuff. But hockey was, hockey was my life. It was God knows how many hours of training per week. God knows how many sessions per week, how many games per week. And this was all when I was 12, 13 years old playing for club, district, international, or everything I could probably do, different age categories as well, because I was so young. Mm-hmm. I could still play under 14, under 16, under 18, and sometimes I would play in a weekend, an under 14 game, an under 16 game, an under 18 game, oh, wow. and a men's hockey game, all in <laughs> one weekend. And obviously at 13 years old, that's quite a lot to kind of do and process. Yeah. Um, so worked up from um under under kind of 16 played a couple uh, three european championships before turn 16 and then i worked into under 18 scotland and then up to under 21s made a couple of kind of 
kind of I I wouldn't say I didn't make it to full national team partly based on attitudes on myself uh, and also injuries falling out of love of the game as well at one mm. point in my early 20s it was just I think I'd done too much too young yeah and quite common I, I can imagine yeah exactly so I did kind of take a step back in my mid-20s partly injuries partly I just wasn't enjoying it and the only reason I was playing it was because it was good and I wasn't a, I didn't think I was a very good reason at that point in my life Mm. Um, which I was obviously at the, at the same time I was working as an adult I was working um, and not particularly enjoying jobs it was more kind of office-based marketing sales roles I, that I'd done before and trying to figure out what I wanted to do kind of in my life and sport had always been a big part of my life so in 2009 I established Hockey Academy which is my other business which is the hockey coaching company and that is aimed at coaching, coaching hockey and seasonal hockey camps. Started that in 2009 and I've run that kind of ever since. And we're into our 14th year now, which is, wow. which is awesome. Uh, and in, in the meantime, I was still working some normal jobs and then kind of took a, a step back and looked at my life and kind of, kind of figure out what did I want to do. And I was late 20s at this point. I was before I started to really think about personal training so I left my job got uh I was working out in a, a really good gym in Edinburgh energy gym and um, which kind of I still use for the hockey performance camps and I was working there kind of part-time as a gym assistant earning literally minimum wage uh so it's step back from working a normal job but a decent salary but in the meantime I could work this job in a good gym with really nice people around the gym, good trainers. I was basically getting paid to watch and learn from other trainers, ask multiple questions to some really good trainers, like the two trainers I work with at the gym I'm with just now, Andy and Shona. I met them through Energy Gym, and that's where our kind of relationship built, which you know Andy and Shona. Yeah. Uh, That was where I met them, and then moved to Andy's, Andy's kind of unit to from energy and yeah I was basically working in a gym learning my trade whilst being paid to do it and I was also allowed to kind of PT there for free yeah uh, as part of the the kind of agreement with the owners which was which was really good because I didn't work in a a commercial gym a Nuffield a pure gym or anything I was straight into being fully self-employed from the get-go kind of thing I was obviously working but I didn't work there as a like a gym assistant very long and mm. um, so unlike most people's kind of journey they worked at a health club and then moved on and progressed on like being self-employed I'd done that pretty much straight from the start which is obviously more pressures and different stresses from working mm. in your gym or something like that uh, and then obviously as you start off PT and you'll know this you kind of just you PT anyone and it's just yeah. anyone that'll kind of have me anyone will try what I do that's who my client was when I first started and it was generally just anyone looking to lose weight get in shape I worked with uh, mums busy mums I worked with professional females I worked with professional males I worked with some younger kind of hockey players that knew me so it was a very very varied group of people I worked with and it was kind of that was my kind of eye opener to what I really wanted to do and being a young kind of hockey player myself, not anymore, obviously, but I was mm. there. 
the more kind of hockey players and more kind of athletes I worked with, that was when I kind of figured out this is what makes me happier when I train and this is what makes me enjoy my job more, mm. working with that type of person than your general kind of fat loss. Mm. I work at a desk nine to five and then I want to come to the gym to get in better shape. And everyone has their own journey. And yeah. that's why there's there's so many great trainers and coaches out there that I I would refer people on to other trainers if they get in touch with me for things like that. And it, it did kind of allow me to go into more of a niche of mm. the kind of hockey side. And currently my diary is probably 80% of that and 20% is still just normal clients I mm. uh, one my longest standing client Tony has been with me from the start he was one of my one of my general clients he he's an IT guy super smart on computers I mm. don't understand some of the stuff he tells me he came to the gym never really lifted weights before played hockey very active guy ran just general just quite a decent athlete but just never lifted weights and Tony is now my longest standing client and he's still with me after I think about eight years now he's in. Mm. Uh, so from that side of it, like I really appreciate the fact that he's been with me for so long. Mm. And it's that loyalty that I, I it's that kind of thing. You must look at yourself and go, Oh, I must be doing quite a good job if he stuck with me for so long and he enjoys <laughs> my, my terrible chat and I'm quite good at what I do when it comes to the gym. And his progress has been in, like insane. And it's someone I use as an example. Tony consistently comes to me once a week. He never he never normally misses any sessions. And when Tony first started, I'm sure he won't mind me yeah. telling this story. He probably won't even listen to a podcast. So when he first started, <laughs> uh, he'd done a, a bench press on the Smith machine, which was kind of a, I just wanted to measure, kind of see where it was. And Tony really struggled to lift five kilos aside on the Smith machine, which is about 12 and a half, 15 kilos max, mm. which I I didn't judge. Obviously, I never yeah. judge any clients. But that was kind of like a starting point for him. And he kind of struggled with that. But fast fast forward to kind of today, Tony can bench 90 kilos quite comfortably on That's a flat, awesome. normal bench press. Uh, last week, he was doing a rack pull of 200 kilograms. And just that consistency and training and he's got good drive and determination when it comes to the gym, which is which is yeah. even easier. And he's one of these clients that's, do you want to go heavier? Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? It's never, yeah. no, let's not. Most of the time it's, yeah, let's go for it. Let's go for it. So, yeah. so from that point of view, it's, it's just cool to see eight years ago to where he is now. Yeah. And he's, yeah. And then I think from there, working with the young athletes is, obviously I do it on hockey pitch. I've coached yeah. hockey since I was pretty young as well it's just a natural progression for me I know them yeah I know how I know how they felt when they were 12 13 14 15 16 yeah and I know what they're going through and so I think that is where I had that kind of common ground and I understand what they're going through yeah uh, obviously not not to an extent with the girls I work with because males and males and females are different yeah but there is there is that common of the fact that you're training God so many times a week and yeah. there's so much pressure and you've got to have a social life and you've got to mm. do think, schoolwork. Well, you definitely can connect to, even if it doesn't matter if they're male or female, the fact that you've been through as a player, that mm -hmm. connection of 
hockey and then trust you can build trust because they know that you have that experience or you are that good a player and you know they can trust you when you're telling them this will be really good or understand what they're going through so I think it's invaluable as a coach for sure um so let's move on to what's great and what's difficult about what you do I think I, I also read this question and what's difficult I'll probably start there because I think yeah. there's, there's there's I have a lot of pros in what I do and when it comes to what what's difficult is the pressures that schools apply on the on the athletes pressures the the clubs apply on the athletes the the pressures that international coaches apply on the athletes and it's it is a pressure thing and the the kind of workload sometimes the parents as well sometimes it can be super supportive most of like most of the parents I've always worked with are super supportive and it's just when it comes to parents it's more guiding them I'm not a parent and I never yeah. ever say I'm a parent not yet anyway I wish mm. I will be at some point Mm. And it's not, I'm not trying to parent, like telling you how to parent a kid. I'm just talking about being a young athlete and what they're going through. And I think sometimes working with the parents is super important for me. Mm. So we're not kind of giving different messages. Like yeah. parent at home is saying, don't do this. And I'm telling the, the, the kid the complete opposite in the gym. And then we're having that contrast and information. And I think that's something that I'm continually working with parents to just make sure we're on the same kind of level that you're doing this. Make mm. sure this is happening. And sorry, you just disappeared on my screen. No worries. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think from that side of it is just making sure the parents are on board mm. and kind of obviously the parents want the best for their kids. Which yeah. is why they're they're sending them to the best private schools in in the country. They're they're spending X amount of money on personal training, extra coaching sessions, and they're buying all the best equipment. So I know deep down all the parents want the best. It's just helping them out along that kind of journey. Yeah, making sure they do get the best. Mm. And I think the other the other difficult thing is just the other external coaches that maybe just I think things like when kids are tired. Kids do get tired and you need to understand that. And mm. the mental stresses then start to rise in the kids and then their performance levels will deteriorate because their mental and physical health isn't there. Mm. And one of the biggest issues I always find is that coaches just don't care sometimes. And I think I think that's the biggest thing that I kind of learn. Like I know I've I'd been through I, I was I would say I was probably a difficult player to coach sometimes with my attitude and the way I was. Um, and it is sometimes like that, depending on it. I've had some really good coaches who have been better than others. But I think that issue with coaches, whenever you're with them at that certain session, this is the most important single thing in the world right now. Whether it be a skill game that is essentially meaningless against another skill, or if it's an international training weekend, that they still want everything from the kids and they don't care how tired they are what mental stress is on them that they have to get three advanced A hires, they need to get five advanced, uh, five A in their hires, they've got other stresses in school with friendship groups, they've got stuff going on with their body, their, like yeah. all this stuff just, in, in my opinion, the, the psychology side of it just is completely overlooked. And I think that's one of the biggest kind of 
one of the biggest difficulties I'm constantly talking to, obviously I'm not a sports psychologist and never will be, mm. but I do think that a lot of these kids especially could benefit from sports psychology and it's something I'm trying oh, to definitely. trying to work out the best way of doing that and long term wise I'd love to have my own kind of my own gym with an on-site sports psychologist that would come in either once a week or work with the players individually and I think it's just that's that's the one that always pops up with me is the difficult side of things is that mm. mental men, mental stress mental health issues with the kids and yeah. all the stuff they have to go through and it's how to process it as adults we have a little bit more kind of awareness how to process things and sometimes we don't cope the best mm. but kids kids are young and they don't know coping mechanisms they, they don't know what to do when this happens and even just playing hockey games like when they yeah. when they lose games they, they sometimes don't know how to react to it and as a as a coach one of the first things I always do an example the other night uh, three, I had three clients in last night all all came in as a group they all played in the same school team and they just won a cup final on Monday and they they won the final they went to running penalties and one of my clients took a running penalty in the final and she missed and she was obviously devastated about this so one of the first things I, I like to talk to them was about what happened I know you don't want to talk about it because you missed and you failed but part of sport is failing it's how we react to the failure mm. and I think there's so much of like in sport in general there's too much everyone wins everyone gets a medal congratulations everyone's amazing but the reality is that sport doesn't work that way yeah you win and you lose in sport but for me the sooner you learn how to win and lose the better and I think yeah. that's something that even with like, that girl 17 years old and I was still talking to her last night. What happened? What was in your head? What What did you do wrong? And it was just, a, it was a pressure thing. And we just, we kind of talked over and chatted it. Our two friends were winding her up. And I said, you can't talk to her because you didn't take any running penalties. You didn't step up like her. So you can't even look at her and make a joke yeah. of any sort to her. Yeah, uh, it's, true. it's tough, really tough. That's That's awesome, though, that you can have that insight and, and help them like kind of build from it though which I think is super important so what do you think's like the best thing about what you do it's hard isn't it to pinpoint but <laughs> yeah I mean I, I think most of the most of the kids I work with in, in particular are just they're really easy to coach and regardless of if they're an elite athlete because I've, I've my 25 30 clients that work physically probably 10 to 15 of them have been involved in international stuff or still are. Mm. And then the rest are either kind of development, East development, district stuff, mm. or just kind of get, trying to get to that level. Yeah. And I think for me, one of the things is that all these guys are really motivated uh, to come to learn, to get better, to improve. And just that's one of the easiest, like one of the best things for me is these, like, regardless, these, these guys are tired. Sometimes they come in, they're knackered from school. But the nice thing for me is they'll sometimes come in absolutely exhausted. Like, oh, I don't even want to train today. So we'll have a training session, but maybe it isn't as hard as it would have been last week because you were more fresh. Mm-hmm. And then it's just nice seeing them wake up, feel better. After 20 minutes, half an hour of session, they get more chatty because they feel better after just training and mm. they didn't want to train 
sometimes you don't want to train and I get that mm. but it's just trying to make the, the training environment like as enjoyable as you possibly can in these sessions and it's turning up and yeah I know you don't want to train today but you're still here you're still turning up you're still training you're still progressing you're still getting closer to your goals that you want and I think yeah. if like I know that like from that side of it it's funny because I always think how many of these kids would actually turn up if their parents weren't pushing them in the car and dropping them off at the door that's sometimes what I kind of laugh at because I know that there is an element of them being forced to be there um yeah. not forced as in I'm I know what you mean up. like um, um their parents are paying for it so they want you yeah. to show up <laughs> and, and I know that from my like from my childhood my dad would continuously force me to go to hockey sessions sometimes mm. so I would almost throw tantrums like I don't want to go I'm done with hockey you know <laughs> this one. Think- and then you're at session half an hour later you're enjoying it because you're with your mates and yeah you're playing a sport you love and yeah (laughs) Yeah. you just don't want to get up that morning to go and you want to have a longer lie Uh, but yeah I think that's that's probably the best thing for me is just how how motivated these kids are and just seeing them enjoy it I've I've had a lot of coaching a lot of playing experience myself and I've not enjoyed it and coaches haven't reacted to that and coaches haven't kind of read my body language or the group's body language and they've just been like we'll we'll just continue doing it because I don't care what you think yeah whereas I I want the guys to enjoy being in the gym and actually want to learn and progress and be there and yeah. when they leave me at some point that they're going to go to uni or something I love the fact that like I've, I've got lots of clients that go to uni but every time they're back from holiday so Christmas summer holidays they always mm-hmm. come back and train with me that's great and I think yeah. that's that's a nice thing that they're away training and they're at St Andrews Uni they're at all these top universities around mm. the country and they still come back during their holidays to train with me and I think that's nice to know that they still have that connection mm. and I'll I'll stay in touch with them and keep an eye on their results through the season and I think right. it's just yeah I think that's that's another cool part that I do have that kind of that continued kind of clients are going to come back and see me again um, and it's nice knowing that even if they don't come and see me they're still training they're still exercising they're still using all the gym work and all the technique and all the stuff I've taught them they're still mm. using that whilst they're at whichever yeah. unit they're at that's awesome that's really mm. cool because it sets them up for long-term success so even when they might decide not to compete anymore they've got those principles um so I think what would be good is to kind of go into some of the specifics now about training the young athlete yeah. um so one of the questions I have or I think people would be interested in, in knowing is when is it a good time to start training the young athlete in terms of strength training or you know and stuff like and around that side of things is there a good time to start what's what's the kind of opinions around that I think I think one of the big things with that is there's this common myth that's obviously scientifically been proven that it's not the case that mm. uh, lifting weights at a young age stunts your growth and harms bone density or whatever as blah blah blah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there's been scientific reports that prove that lifting weights at a young age actually improves bone density rather than decreases it. Um, and I think from my point of view, my biggest biggest focus and I can't 
I can't even emphasize how big I mean by this. My biggest focus with all young athletes is technique. Mm. And their first session, they never really normally lift any weights. Is we're going to come in and do movement patterns like a squat, a lunge, a front lunge, a forward lunge, a reverse lunge. We're going to do various different patterns of the body just to see how you move, how you can move. And we'll look at things like what do their knees do? What do their ankles do? Do we have any pronation in their knees? Are their hips aligned? I'm not a biomechanics coach, but I can see movement and I can see what things, what's going right and what's going wrong. Mm. And like almost that that first session is like an assessment day for me, yeah. just to see. Generally, I know if it's a boy, if it's a girl, what they really need to work on if they're hockey players. Mm. And I, I generally like a checkbox in my head going, you need to do this, 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 this. These are kind of basic things. Mm. But technique for me, if it's supervised and if the technique is there, then I fully recommend children lifting weights. Yeah. And it's, it's not, again, it's not going to the gym and lift as much weight as possible. No. I think people get really scared around that. Um, and, you know, like think of, like I would say like boys naturally from when say like 20 years ago when I started lifting weights mm-hmm. um, boys naturally would go to the gym more than girls and they would just yep. go in and do just the worst things and they just mm-hmm. pick up bad habits just because they have a little bit more confidence and want to obviously yep. a lot of teenage boys especially want to get a bit more muscular or yep. what yep. have you but they don't learn the movement patterns so yep. I think it's I think it's actually quite essential <laughs> and it's oh, a shame yeah. it's not taught in schools um uh across the board um so in terms of like the age groups that you start with what are the youngest ages that you generally start with generally it's kind of s1 it's normally kind of, oh sorry uh, 12 <laughs> years old is that 12 years old yeah that's normally when like i suppose kids are getting a bit more specialist in their sport isn't it yeah i don't know what that means in english schools is that i have no i don't ever, even know anymore you you, know that's anymore. like first year of senior school i assume like yeah. that i'm uh, so out I'm, of it i have no idea <laughs> and i don't have kids so okay. <laughs> um, i've actually got a new client one of my one of my newest clients and one and she's my youngest ever client I've ever worked with mm. and she's 10 years old mm. and I have a family of four and dad dad and son train together and mum and daughter train together and the daughter is 10 years old she's I think she's 11 this year she's been mm. to hockey camps mm. she's a gymnast a skier a hockey player a dancer she does like four Everything. or five different different sports I think gymnastics and hockey as far as I'm aware are like our two main kind of sports yeah and and she's incredible like she's also a little gymnast yeah she'd be nice and strong (laughs) she can crack out full pull-ups yeah and I think one of the things for her is just getting her in the gym doing doing some stuff with her that's going to be helpful for gymnastics but one of the big things for her is just making sure she's having fun yeah because she's 10 years old and yeah when when mum first chatted to me about it, I was a bit apprehensive about how young she was and just kind of outlaid that this is a gym, this is a kind of almost as a it's a grown-up environment that she has to be in. So I need that trust element for you and her to kind of behave as as adult as you can. But she's still 10. And yeah. for me, it's just making sure that 
she is doing stuff and she's like she's already got strong over the last couple of months and she's mm. like for example she's a gymnast but when she first came she's she's right-handed so she's really dominant when she's pulling up herself on the bars so over the last kind of few months we've been working on overloading her left hand side just to try and get that balance mm. on our on our bars when she's pulling up and doing all the bar stuff and that's I think that's you can already see the progress on that which which is really cool and mum said that there was a video from a couple of weeks ago and you can see when she pulls herself up in the bar it's less of that yeah right I know what you mean yeah both arms. I, I just realized I'm on video but I'm yeah and <laughs> um, only people can hear this they can't see yeah um that's cool that's awesome I mean I would have loved to have learned weights when I was younger um when I was yeah. younger. it would have really helped a lot of my sport I think a lot of any of um anyone that I know that did sport at a young age I think I think like you say I think I was going to ask you about the myth but I think that is one of the biggest myths is about and it's not like you say all about going heavy and hard it's just building good movement patterns so when mm -hmm. you do load eventually they can actually do it well and be sufficient in the movements yep. that will actually benefit their their sport yep um do you think it's necessary slash kind of important for athletes to train strength train for their sport or do you think just doing their skill slash sport is needed I think I think it is necessary, and I think the way sport has evolved over the last even ten to fifteen years, mm. even if you take more more in line with your sport, I always use this analogy as, as a rugby player. When my dad used to play rugby, and he's five foot seven, and back in the day, a rugby winger used to be five foot seven, five foot nine, weigh about twelve stone, and be super fast and agile. And now they are six foot three. 16 and a half stone of muscle and run sub sub 11 second or meters yeah. i know there's loads of other things yeah. into how they get there we won't get into that yeah but the game has evolved and they're bigger they're stronger they're more athletic than they were 10 15 years ago mm. and like i said there's there's more than one reason why that is the case but part of it is they're lifting weights they're looking after themselves more their nutrition's better their training's better they've got they're inter introduced to S&C and weights and gyms earlier on. So they're not getting to early 20s and going, oh, this is a gym. How do I work this? Yeah. They're already trained in S&C, so they just progress. And for me, it's just it's part of the, part of the sport now. Name a mm -hmm. sport in the world that probably doesn't have a good gym or S&C kind of involvement in it. And I, yeah. Even at golf level anyway, yeah. Golf is one of these sports that you always think. But then you look at Tiger Woods, he changed he the game of golf. He and came Rory out. Rory McElroy as yeah. well. These guys are incredible athletes. And Tiger Woods is one of my kind of favorite athletes from what he'd done in the sports side of things. Mm. And he changed the game, how hard he was hitting the ball, how far he was hitting it. And he was super fit. He was an athlete playing golf. Whereas it used to be just a fat guy hitting a ball around and like yeah now every single golfer you don't see many golfers that aren't in good shape there is still the odd few yeah but i think it's yeah. just even that's golf and that's yeah. a sport that you would technically think oh you don't have to run about you don't have to lift weights and i think if golf or golf and things like that are focusing on snc then rugby football hockey they should be doing it like it's, it's unbelievable how still so many well I know it's probably at the amateur level not at professional level but yeah. um 
people not doing strength training for rugby still though um especially probably in the women's side I know it is more and more but yeah. there is still athletes that won't be doing any strength work and yeah, that's it terrifying yeah it blows my mind it blows it blows my mind as well <laughs> <laughs> but then obviously we're probably biased to the, the strength side of things as well like um so it's it's it does blow my mind that not everyone mm. does train for their sport no um, i get that um but anyway even if you're amateur like even at a low level i think there's an element of needing to do something just to protect yeah yourself. i mean i one of my one of my kind of current clients is a, a hockey player i used to play hockey with he plays in the scottish hockey masters teams and i started work with him a year and a half ago wanted to lose some weight get in better shape to play hockey and we'd worked really hard for kind of six months to get him prepped for his European Championships and World Cup. Mm. And he lost a lot of weight. He got fitter, stronger, less injury prone, which is one of the big things at kind of master's level, 35s, 45s, 40s, whatever. It's just, <laughs> can you stay fit to play these games? And he's, I think he's in his is he 46 of I think he's 46 now, so he's just stepped in at over 45s. Mm. And, yeah, I think he's he's been showing so much progress. And I think there's a big market for even these guys at 40, 50, 60, or even, almost even more reason for them to step in the gym for the injury prevention side of things, let alone, I'm going to be super strong or super fast. This guy was never particularly fast when he was younger, so he's never going to be fast now. He's now 46. Mm. but he was one of the hardest workers I've ever played alongside he would run and run and work and give everything for the team so then it's looking at the more injury side of things your hamstrings your mm. calves quads all these kind of muscles that since I've been working on he's not really had many niggles mm. which is really good and it's yeah. really important he That's went fantastic. down to Nottingham to play the World Cup and played every game without getting injured fantastic and that That's for me is that's, success that is yeah success. exactly <laughs> I mean no. you can't prevent every injury but we can limit them because when you play sport you can't control everything obviously but no. you can make the body resilient enough to cope with uh, a lot of things I, I come across so many people that are picking up really unnecessary injuries and it's because mm -hmm. they're not conditioned or to cope with the load they're putting their body through um, yep. and so it's like I'm with you on that I'm quite passionate about trying to educate people like you want to play this sport I know it might be amateur but if you're breaking down every week, something's not right. Yeah, agreed. So what are the kind of common injuries that you come across, even like with your young athletes, even? Is there many injuries come up or um, what kind of things do you come across more, either male I mean, or female? Or I mean, thankfully for, for me, one of the good things from most of the clients that worked with me for a long time is they suffer from very little kind of muscle tears. Mm. And one of the biggest focuses I always have on majority of young clients when they come in and almost even more than the, the girls side of the things is they always have really kind of strong quads but the backside of them their hamstrings or glutes are normally chain, yeah. a lot weaker um, so I think one of the big things we I always have a focus on because they're always so quad dominant and mm. every move they do lunge squat whatever playing hockey is quite quad dominant mm. so they get kind of lower down so I think the big focus for me is working their hamstrings because me personally, I tore my hamstrings four times when I was younger. Mm. Um, and it was something that, again, if I'd known what I know now back then, I'd have been fine. 
Yeah. And I get I do get very little hamstring and muscle tears, which is which is Touchwood. thankfully, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's what I want. Mm. But most of the injuries that are pretty common in hockey are hamstring injuries, uh, ankle ankles, yeah. Injuries, knee problems. Uh that's that's the kind of main ones I've had ankle like I've I've had ankle ligament damage in both ankles as well. So ankles and hamstrings both gone. Mm. I've not done any knee problems. Um thankfully again such would. Yeah. And most most of the kids that train with me and work with me, their most kind kind of common injury is just stupid hockey related things. They've been hit by a hockey stick. They've been yeah, hit by a ball. ball. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's just part of the sport. If, like mm. I say if you if you've never been hit in the face with a hockey ball, you're not a good player. Because majority of good players have been hit in the face with a hockey ball at some point, or hit in the heads. I even I've been hit in the face with a hockey ball. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't never really played hockey when I was (laughs) younger. We played it at school a few times, and the one time I got this bump from it, cracked my nose. There we go. (laughs) I wouldn't say I was good though. (laughs) (laughs) I think injury wise, the 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 kind of hamstring ones is the biggest one. Uh, Yeah. And I mean, maybe some calf issues, but ankle injuries and knee issues. Knee issues are sometimes from overtraining. Sometimes it's just genetics. They've got some sort of issue with their knee that they've not got fixed when they were younger. So mm. it's trying to fix that. Sometimes it's just a case of they're playing too much on hard surfaces. They're not doing a recovery as well as they should be. Mm. Um, but injuries are they're part of sport. For yeah. me, it's trying to limit the, the kind of muscle tear injuries. Because mm. going over, like, there was a girl that she, did she dislocate or break her ankle recently? And it was such a freak incident that she turned and somebody stood on her ankle accidentally and done her ankle. Oh. And that, yeah. like, we could do, and she's super strong. Like, yeah. she's so strong. That's like, just freak, weight. like, unlucky, isn't it? That's like, just unfortunate. That is sport. <laughs> and she was out for a couple of months in a boot on crutches. And yeah, I can't do anything about that, sadly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that is sport. Like I say that, like you can't prevent everything because you can't control, like you, she couldn't have controlled that person treading on her no. foot and her ankle yeah, exactly. twisting. Like you can't control that. It's like getting stamped irregularly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's bloody annoying. Got nice bruised feet. <laughs> but, um, it just sometimes happens. Um, but yeah, I agree. It's about building as much resilience in the muscles to kind of protect them from things like hamstring yeah. tears. I think it's quite common in most sports where yeah. there's an element of speed because yep. the hamstrings are so essential for power and speed. Yep. Um, yep. But then, like you say, the quads overtake because they tend to be stronger yep. uh, in most athletes. So um, that's um, that's quite, um, I think it's just standard when it comes to sport. Yeah, it's pretty normal. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So what is the kind of science saying at the moment in regards to strength training the athlete is there much testing on young athletes now or probably is i assume anyway from like previously but what what kind of things do do like the sports scientists might look into or do they do much testing on young athletes i i don't actually know it's something that it's it's actually quite an interesting point which i've not mm. looked at too much what kind of scientists are doing yeah uh, maybe we need to know, ask esg a bit more about that one yeah it's probably a good question <laughs> for emma to see yeah probably something i should kind of look into as well personally yeah um, no i was just wondering if there was anything specific around hockey but like sometimes it 
it's hard to know because often I think sports science doesn't really get into it unless it's at professional level. Yeah. Um, but you probably accumulate some, what kind of testing would you do on, obviously other than the typical assessment, is there things like speed testing or uh, power testing? Do you do any kind of tests with your athletes? I think the, the testing stuff, most of it kind of at international hockey level, a lot of it is cardio running Fun. running wise. It's oh, really? How fast? What's the most recent one is how fast can you do like a 1K in? And it's okay. 10, 10 full lengths of the hockey pitch. And, and you just how, run how, as hard as you can for, for, okay. for the, the 10 pitch lengths and then your time's taken from there. We used to do, when, when I was younger, it was bleep tests. Mm. We used to do bleep tests. We used to do strength and we've done a little bit of strength stuff. We've done a bit more uh, hamstring flexibility stuff as well. Mm. Um, what, what I think would... most of the hockey side of it is running. Yeah. Well, you have to be super fit. Do they, in terms of um, that 1K test, what would mm-hmm. be like a good marker of a good athlete? Because obviously think... the change of direction makes it really tiring. Yeah. I think one of the girls was saying the other day she was to get around 3.30, 3 minutes 30. Oh, wow, yeah, pretty good for stop-starting. Yeah, I think I was for the, the girls aspiring, was that aspiring or emerging? It's one of them. So I think it's What around, age group is that? That's The aspiring is essentially your under-18 category and the emerging is your under-16 category. Mm, I think the boys' okay. times are a little bit lower. Yeah. Uh, but I thought the boys were like three thirty, and the girls were three forty-five. But it seems to have either changed or progressed it on. Um, so I think obviously, generally the boys. But at that level, it's quite interesting when you see some of these girls who are like athletics based, and they are incredibly fit. They'll run most of the boys off the off the pitch. At that and age think, group, can it can yeah. be the case, or under fifteen, it can be the case. I do think there's a bit of a like a misconception what like at that level that boys are stronger, blah, blah blah. Like majority of my clients, my all my girl clients would smash most of the boy clients that have, especially when it comes to lower body, because they're mm. super strong. Like one of one of the girls I trained, she's had double ACL injury and she can still squat 130. That's amazing, yeah. I need yeah. Just turned 17, by the way. Just turned 17. I wonder if that's to do with puberty, though. And then, because sometimes, you know, generally a lot of girls go through puberty between the age of 10 and 13. Yeah. And um, so they're just a bit more developed at a younger age. Yeah. And boys can really vary, can't they, yeah. from like yeah. oh, 15 yeah, massively. to 20. So massively, if they're a late developer, yeah. you know, they might not have had all the testosterone benefits come through yet, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and you I just think like, that, that yeah. kind of point when you get to 16, 17, that's when it kind of really, you kind of notice the difference between boys and girls. Yeah. Right? 16, definitely. 17. Under that, it can be quite similar in a lot of aspects. Mm. Yeah, uh, and depending on genetics as well. Yeah. Some some boys, massive upper bodies, small legs because they don't train them. Or girls will be the opposite. Massive, strong legs, but no upper body because they don't train them. Or yeah. Their mum was an ex-sprinter, so they've got good genetics from that. So mm. I think genetics do play a part. Puberty does play a part. And then it's, again, it's their their introduction to gym. That, that girl I was talking about squats 130 or whatever, ridiculous number. She's worked with me since she's 12. Mm. And she's been with me for a long time. 
So she's um, super competent as well. At, oh, yeah. In the gym. So yeah. that makes a huge difference. And how old is she now? She's 17 now. Yeah. yeah so five years yeah. of good training is good training and fantastic. Good it's, yeah. it's a double whammy for her. So that's amazing. Um, so what, um, what would you say, is there any kind of differences that in terms of the training, the younger athlete compared to say an over eight, an old athlete or over 18 athlete, let's say, let's just give it that kind of barrier. What is there a, an adaption or difference that, that you would consider? Um, for me, I would say no. Uh, I think just if you're training younger athletes, make sure there's big time focused on technique. I I very rarely do anything like junior one rep or two rep, three rep max testing or anything like that. I very rarely do that, if any, if ever do that with young athletes. Yeah. Partly because there's no real need for it. And also, I worked with a lot of stupidly competitive young athletes, and I know what <laughs> I'm like. I, I will lift something or do something until I almost hurt myself to mm. prove that I can do it, or see that I'm the strongest in the room, or like it's that kind of yeah. athletic that sporting. I want to win at all costs. Mm. I know I'm not the strongest in the room when it comes to weights. I know that, but I've got clients that would kind of be like that. Yeah. Be asked. I have clients all the time asking me, oh how much does this person lift or do I lift more than everyone be, else? Yeah. So they want to be that. And it's kind of like, I kind of tell them, Good and bad. <laughs> but it depends on who it is. Sometimes I tell them just to wind them up. And sometimes I tell them to push them on and like drive determine mm. determination wise. Um, but no, I don't. I think one of the big the other differences is just having some fun with the younger guys. Yeah. Uh, like last night for example we had, had three girls in at a really busy week at a game on monday game on saturday the two of the girls have got international weekends so last night they trained we done a little bit of upper body and core and then we played uh, a stupid fun game for like the last 20 minutes of the session which it's not just a random game it's no. it actually involves throwing throwing slam balls and so it's a bit of power it's a bit of kind of direction aiming so yeah. it is it's sports specific kind of just a bit of fun yeah in a gym. and they one. love they love the game and it's they're laughing they're slagging each other off because one's beating them one's missing yeah so it's just trying to i think that's the biggest balance for me is trying to make it fun but also educational whereas older people are generally quite focused they, they wouldn't really want to play this fun game because they've worked all they've worked all day and they're paying x amount of money for this hour they want the most they can get of this hour but the kids are a bit different that way. And I think it's just sometimes they're going to have better days than others. Your kids, same with adults. Mm. But for me, it's just making it fun. But a, a good learning environment that they're going to enjoy it, train hard and want to come back as well. Yeah. Awesome. Great. I think um, that's that's really interesting. Um, I think the only other question I was going to say, we've kind of touched on it already, but... Mm -hmm. um, maybe we'll just overview with it um it's like what are the typical things that young athletes struggle with obviously I was thinking more like outside things like school nutrition mental pressure parents influence yeah. and stuff I know we've kind of touched on it but maybe yeah. like what are the the biggest things you think that affect maybe even their performance I think yeah I think all of that just this uh, but you probably go school and 
the mental pressures of school just in general being at school yeah. being in school with your studies your friends and other people around school um and the the kind of mental pressures that come along with being a good athlete being an athlete in general mm. and trying to keep your friends that don't play sport and they don't understand that you're not going yeah. out on a Friday night because you're staying in because you've got a game on weekend late that was my yeah. life that was my childhood I missed out loads of nights out with with friends because I had a game the next day or I had an international training weekend yeah and I think you find out who your real friends are uh, when it comes to like being an athlete which yeah. is why obviously a lot of the athletes are friends, friends with each other because they know what they're going through uh, I think nutritional side of things it's always a tricky one mm. with like boys and girls when it comes to how much food are they allowed to do this? Are they eating this? Um, eating disorders and all that kind of stuff all come into play, um, mm. which is just a sad reality of just just in general. Like adults yeah. have it, kids have it. I think if we can kind of stop it happening or try and prevent it earlier on, then it's going to make a difference in our life going forward. Like do, you, disorders. do you do much nutrition in terms of like, uh, educating around or do you have other um specialists that help you with that i i do a bit i'm obviously not a nutritional coach so mm. i always say that i'll give as much advice as i can but if if it's something like along the lines of some sort of eating disorder they should be referred to a professional to get helped whether yeah, it be a doctor or psychologist psychiatrist, psychiatrist whatever it is like they yeah, should yeah, be yeah. getting proper yeah. help but I'm i'm constantly talking to kids about uh, just things like protein intake, carb intake. When's the best time to eat your carbs? And like, what is a carb? Why? Why am I taking this? And I think one of the biggest, one of the biggest kind of again myths. Touching back to the myth, is young athletes having protein, like protein bars or protein powders. Yeah. Um, I think that's a big a kind of, it's a big kind of talking point because a lot of these kids don't have enough protein in their diet, in my opinion. Mm. and I'm not saying like I, I do recommend having some protein bars and having some shakes now and then I'm not saying that this is better than having three good nutritional meals with yeah yeah, yeah. 25 grams of protein per meal but sometimes that's just unrealistic mm. if you have a bowl of cereal in the morning and then have a baked potato at lunch with some cheese and then have a bowl of pasta at night for dinner. That's your three good meals you've had. But that's quite low on the protein side of things. Yeah, and that will affect their recovery and their actual growth yeah. development. Yeah, and I think, it's quite interesting. Yeah. I think that's a big kind of issue is the protein. And as I said, I'm not saying go and drink six protein shakes a day and <laughs> yeah, 12 <please>. protein bars. <laughs> that's going to hurt you. Yeah. But it's, it's a bit like myself. I try and get my protein sources but I sometimes struggle so I will have a protein shake which has 25 30 grams of protein protein yeah help me get my protein in and I think it's it's called a supplement for a reason it's not mm. it's not stable in your diet it's a supplement to add as a supplement and I think mm. that's a big misconception with protein yeah and I don't I don't have an issue with younger athletes and it's something like even if you google which is the stupid thing you yeah. Google, is it safe for kids to have protein? And then you get seven different Google questions going, yes, scientifically, there's nothing saying that you can. Then the next one, no, children should never eat protein powders. And I think that's one of the problems with the internet as well. You yeah. Google it and you get seven different answers. 
And yeah, I that's where you need to kind of go to the science there with it and just say yeah. and stuff like. But yeah, no, it's definitely. I can imagine. Yeah, it's quite interesting actually. I'm funny. I think that, yeah, it's like, definitely. We could probably talk for another hour. Yeah, about that. Probably. Yeah, for sure. Okay, um, so let's um finish up there. What mm-hmm. are you currently working on, and where can people find you online? I think I'm just obviously just still working on my business hmm. with online side of things. I'm trying to establish a bit more online presence and how I can help more people, more kids. And like I said, I'm trying to work with them on to see how we can do that. And yeah. ideally it's a platform that kids can go and use that they can kind of get all these benefits that we've just been kind of discussing and also have something that parents can see and look at and get some advice there. Um, yeah. and obviously I'm still doing physical one-to-one, which I love every day almost every day and yeah. hockey camps are coming up people yeah. can find me online thefitguy.uk is my instagram okay, okay cool and then um, i will share that on the thing on the copy yeah. thing as well so people can find you if they've got any questions um when do your hockey camps are they more just in like the school holly holidays yes yeah, so, yeah and we've then, got spring spring ones coming up in april and then yeah. busy summer and in october so it's kind of and is that in Edinburgh? I'm assuming. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's a bit <laughs> yeah. far away for you to come and, it's come a bit and join far in. for me, but to come for a hockey camp. But I'm yeah. sure I'd it'd be fun to come up there anyway. I've got a few friends yeah, up there as well. Awesome. Okay. Um, thank you so much for coming on, David. I really appreciate that. I think people will find that interesting, a bit of insight about training the young athlete. And yeah. uh I look forward to hopefully working with you in the future. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And I'll see you again soon thank you for listening to the gb sports performance podcast with me grace brown if you have any questions for me or my guest please drop me a message at grace brown fitness on instagram thank you